Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. We have been on this series called Conquerors, and basically we are looking at the Word of God, and God is reminding us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And that means no matter what circumstance that you find yourself in, um, even though you might temporarily feel at a disadvantage, you might temporarily feel lost, you might temporarily feel that you're losing, the end game, the end goal is that you win. You are a conqueror. We were designed not to be losers. We were designed to be winners. Children of God, people of faith, and in Christ Jesus, conquerors. So we've been talking about that. We've been talking about how that even when the enemy comes against us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And if we keep at the center of who we are a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, it makes us bulletproof um, in life. And so it's about us developing this mindset um, of saying yes to Jesus, this mindset. You know, the Bible says, let this mind be in you. The mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is a winning mindset. It's a winning mentality. So, and of course, last week we talked about goodbye to the old. Yes, I really like that aspect, that perspective that we took, which for those of you that may not have been here, we talked about how when you go into this new mindset, a conqueror's mindset, you got to leave the old behind. A lot of times we try to adopt the old and and stick it on to the new and you end up being kind of like a Frankenstein. You start having all this extra stuff. It looks weird. It feels weird because it is because you're trying to make two things go together that don't go together. So in order for us to move forward and have this conqueror mentality, we have to let go of the old way of thinking. And today, so we're going to talk about something really specific. We're going to talk about the silent doubts. In the background of even our faith mentality, sometimes we have these silent doubts. And today we want to talk about what it looks like to expose those silent doubts um, in our lives and begin to address them. As we were praying and, and seeking God on this, um, something that really came to mind was just how much we all have internal dialogue. We all have this narrative that goes on inside our minds that sometimes we don't talk about. Yeah, we believe in God, we confess with our mouths that we believe in him and that we love him and that we believe in having faith, but a lot of times we have an an internal struggle that we don't talk about, and so we think it's important today to note that sometimes we have these thoughts that when we begin to entertain them, they start to pose as a place of reason. Well, it's reasonable to think this way. It's reasonable to think that because of the way that this situation is panning out, that in this specific uh, situation, faith would be unrealistic. Uh, And then we start to reason away why something just isn't possible. And so a principle here that we can take away is that you can't have a conquering mindset with a mind full of doubt. If your mind is full of doubt, you're going to be just entertaining that. That's going to be the the majority of what you're thinking about. And we secretly battle these things and we deny their existence. We act like there's nothing going on. But it can really hinder our growth and our ability to remain positive and faithful when we don't talk about it. 
Um, something that I was studying recently is in Second Chronicles, King Amaziah. Now, King Amaziah, he was off to a good start. He's the king of Judah, and God was blessing him. God was using him. He was conquering his enemies. But um, then there came this moment. He was, there was a particular battle, and he began to wrestle with silent doubts. So he sends a message to the king of Israel. He's the king of Judah. He says, give me 100,000 troops, and I will, I will give you this silver. I'll give you this silver because I need to go into battle. I need to have an edge in battle. And um, ultimately, the prophet came to him and said, you have forgotten to put your confidence in the right place. You need to remember who God is to you, and you need to remember who you are in God. And so he challenges and even corrects uh, King Amaziah. And King Amaziah sends the 100,000 foot soldiers back because he realized his victory really comes from God. It doesn't come from trying to get a military edge And, of course, God blessed him, and God caused him to overcome his enemies. The point of the story, the the takeaway that we have to know, is that sometimes we need to be reminded when we're wrestling with silent doubts, we have to remember who God is to us and who we are in God. And sometimes God will give a message directly to you. Sometimes God will give a message to you through someone else, like in this story with the prophet But you have to remember who you are in God if you're going to overcome silent doubts. Sometimes as we go along in life and we hit some some bumps in the road and we hit some challenges, we start to forget or lose sight of who we are in God and who our God is. There will always be silent doubts that will try to play in the background of your your mind. The enemy is always trying to sow silent doubts into your life. Remember the story of... The enemy comes at night and he sows the wheats in, yeah. in the middle of the, the, the wheat field. And so this is what the enemy is always trying to do. You have a faith garden in your mind, right? You're believing for great things. You're believing for miracles. But then the enemy comes and he tries to sow in doubt in the midst of your faith garden. And so the question is not will you have silent doubts. The, the question is how you will resolve those silent doubts. How do you overcome the silent doubts with faith and with the scripture and with the promises of God? Um, The enemy is always whispering, right? It it doesn't mean he's in your life, but he's, he's always knocking on the door. He's always whispering, and many times those whispers are silent doubts. I love how you said the in different words that the mind is like a garden. I really do picture it that way because you have to tend to it. You know, we're living in a time where a lot of people are talking about mental health. I think this is like Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's important. Sometimes we start having these doubts or these fears, and it's important for us to address them. You can't just sweep them under the rug and expect them to go away. And it is important to know who you are in God to be able to overcome those things. But the only way to know who you are in God is to spend time with him. Lots of time with him. So coming on Sunday isn't going to be enough. You have to have that daily connection with him. But we have to really understand that when the enemy comes to sow these things, sometimes people suffer with the guilt of, oh, man, why am I doubting? They don't even want to talk about it. Everybody has doubts. But it's what you do in those moments with that doubt that matters. Do you sit there? Do you entertain it? Do you allow it to become something big and hairy in your mind? 
Or do you stop and say, no, I'm going to stop this right here because I know that God has something better for me. So it's important to identify that. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, there's this father who brings his son to Jesus. Now, the father is dealing with these elements with his son. He's got some physical and some spiritual issues that are going on with the son. And this is the conversation that follows that um, the father and Jesus have in Mark 9.21. Jesus says, uh, how long has this been happening? And Jesus asks the boy's father, and he replies, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asks. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So what I want you to see here is the conflict. He says, help me if you can. Help me if you can. I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. The father recognizes that within himself, he has both faith and doubt. He's wrestling with that because he has faith and he has some doubts. And this picture helps us better understand many times what we are wrestling with as people that are pursuing a life of faith or pursuing a life of faith or pursuing God. But, uh, and, and we have faith, but then we have these silent doubts and we're wrestling with that. And just like the Father, many times we have both things within us. We have the mustard seed of faith that Jesus talked about, but we also have a seed of doubt that the enemy has sown. So to win in life, we must first win the internal battle of faith over doubt. Before you win on the outside, you have to win on the inside. Before you win in what you can see, you have to win with the things that you can't see. How are you responding to these doubts that you silently wrestle with? And I think that's the question we have to ask ourselves because the more that we entertain and the more we worry and the more we rehearse whatever it is, the bigger it becomes. And when you agree with a thought, you empower it to become a reality. It's just truth. Like as a man thinketh, so is he. When you begin to rehearse something in your mind, say if you've ever seen somebody who struggled with their identity or with their uh, confidence, they, if they think lowly of themselves, when they come into the room, people aren't looking at them as the leader because they don't even see themselves as the leader. People see them as somebody who's kind of beat down. Um, when somebody is very riddled with sickness in their mind and they're just sickly, sickly, and that's all they think about is that I'm sick, 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 it continues to perpetuate more of the same. Whatever we think of, the same thing for the positive. When you have somebody that's just goal-driven, that they're just excited about life, you know, they, conti- yeah. they, they accomplish things because so whatever you're concentrating on, whatever you're focusing on, that becomes a reality. And I believe that the enemy knows the power of this, and that's why he tries to get us to feel defeated so that we can believe that we're defeated and then create this whole defeated mentality. We start to act like we're defeated, and then we are defeated before we think we're defeated before we are defeated. I think that's why Scripture is telling us, um, or Paul, the apostle, tells us to take every thought captive. captive. Why? 
Because the enemy can give you thoughts. The enemy can whisper silent yes. doubts to you. But it's what thoughts that you allow to continue and what thoughts you take captive. And um, in this wrestling match against faith or doubt, it's so important what you take captive and what you allow to grow. Right. And so a few examples um, that I thought we should go over is when we start to think the situation that I'm in is too difficult to have any other out. Uh, I feel defeated in this. I know that God heals, but maybe that's just how it's going to be. And I know we've all had that. I've had situations where I'm like, God, you know, maybe this is it. And then I have to snap myself out and say, no, that's not what you promised me. That's not what you said. And I think when we give up trying, that says a lot about where we are. It's important for us to always push towards what God has said. Um, Other things are, I know God's my provider, but it's just always been a struggle. It's been like for generations, like we've always struggled with finances or we've always struggled in this area. Or my dad was an alcoholic, so I think that's just my plight. You know, what if I never get married? What if I never have children? You know, the, the questions are endless for the things that the enemy can present to us to make us feel like you're alone in this. You're not alone in this. Everybody has their own internal dialogue, but that's the importance of us vocalizing it and us saying, you know what, I, I'm having these thoughts, I'm having these questions. But before we go to, to that place, I want to say our weapon is the revelation that God's word is true. true. When we have an understanding, God said this and it, it holds weight in my life. When we choose to align our thoughts with it, our, our hearts with it, we begin to see changes happen. I like, I like how you said that and um, that our weapon is the revelation of God's word. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if you have, the Apostle Paul calls the word of God the sword, right? And, yes. and the whole armor of God um, talk that he gives. So if you have a sword, but you don't realize you have a sword, you have no revelation that you have a sword, right. you, can, you can have a sword for 20 years, but if you don't know how to use that sword, then it's the same as not having a sword in the first place. So when you say that our, our weapon is the revelation of God's word, that God's right. word is true, I think that, that that's such a profound thing because it's not just having the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God, but it's actually having the revelation that, that, that yeah. you know it's there, that you know how to use it. And so it, it, that's, that's very important when we talk about cutting things out of our life, right? We need a sword to cut things out. Right. And you use, and gardening, you use, uh, you know, cutting instruments to cut things down or prune them so that they can grow better, right? To, they can be healthy. So I always, one of my prayers is always, God, cut away as you see fit and add to me as you see fit. And I think in our minds, we have to do that. We cut out these things that are not, you know, they are not supposed to be there. We take captive of every thought. And then we say, God, you know, fill me with your word, with your faith, with the things that you want to impart into me. Um, But here's another aspect that I think is so important because, like I said, when we internalize it and we don't talk about it, there's nobody to, to... to get accountability from to say, wait, that's way off. That, that's way off. And a lot of people that I talk to, I say, listen, when you are able to say, hey, I'm starting to struggle with this or I'm feeling like X, Y, Z. I know for me it's happened when we've had conversations and I say, hey, I want to just run this thing by you or I feel like I've been battling this area. And I say it, the moment that it comes out of my mouth, I feel like this is the most ridiculous thing. Like I've been afraid of this for no reason. But it, that's, that's what's so powerful about 
what this scripture, James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I think it's, it's so important, before we go any further, is a lot of times when we think about sin, we think about lying. We say, think about hurting somebody's feelings, saying something difficult, us doing something, having some type of behavior that's sinful. But did you know that a sin can also be when you, 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 you leave, you depart from, you transgress God's perfect plan for your life? So if God was to say, this is the best that I have for you, look at this, this is, the, this is the blessing that I have, this is what I have prepared for you, and I walk the other direction, that is a sin. It is a sin to not walk into God's best for you. It is a sin to walk, not walk into the fullness of what God has purposed for you to do in your life. So it, it's a sin for me to think lower of myself than God has called me. If God called you a winner and you're thinking of yourself as a loser, that's a sin. And so I love this. When we talk to one another, we hold each other accountable. And that's in, in what way that we confess our sins. We, we confess, hey, I'm not sure. I, I've been struggling with this in my mind. I'm confessing my sin. It says, pray for each other that you may be healed. Yes. I want God to heal any wrong thinking, heal my mind, and then it says, and then this earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So here's the process. I realize that in my mind I am sinning because I'm thinking of myself as a loser, and God has told me clearly I'm a winner. He's, he's called me a son and daughter. He's, he said, I am now walking in the righteousness of Christ. Like, I am in this elevated priestly position right and i have to see myself as that if if my mindset gets off track and i'm seeing i need to confess that to somebody that that can hold me accountable we need to pray together and then that prayer is going to produce healing and wonderful results amen i think and i think as you um rehearse god's word it helps to shine a light on the dark areas that you didn't realize were there the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I had this mental picture. This is the cockroach thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I do not like roaches. Um, I don't think anybody does. But I, I had this picture of whenever there's an infestation, you know, you have all these roaches together and they like to congregate in the dark. And when you flip the light switch on, what happens? They scatter. So... This is the mental picture that I got when I remembered this, the scripture, resist the enemy and he will flee. When we resist these thoughts that try to infiltrate our mind, we, we, can, we can stand confidently knowing that he will flee. Because that's what we're meant to do is stand firm on God's word. And the principle is that we have power to flip the light on and expose lies and grab a hold of truth. We have the power to do that. But I feel that a lot of times because we remain in isolation and with the internal battle, and we don't talk about it. Then it begins to kind of like spread in our thinking and our thoughts. And so I, I do want to say that, you know, it's not about being unrealistic. We live in a real world. We face real issues. 
And there are times where it feels like, well, what is happening? Why is this happening to me? And two, a couple of the songs we sang this morning had, had scriptural basis this morning. It says that he's working everything. Hopefully all the songs that we sing have scriptural basis. No, I know. But I'm saying they had the same theme, the same theme, which, which is he's working all things together for my good. So even what the enemy tries to throw at us. All right, we're going to turn on the lights in a second. Um, whatever the enemy tries to throw at it. That was actually a good cue. You did it when I said whenever the enemy. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, that he will, God will turn it for our good. So we have to remember that in the, in the face of opposition, in the face of things that are not going the way we thought that they would. And uh, I love this, just remembering this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Yes. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And, and the more that we begin to remind ourselves of the word of God and the promises of God, we actually begin to build a fortification yes. for our faith and our life. It's like every faith statement, every remembering of every testimony, remembering of every miracle, as we go back and we rehearse those things, we're building a construct in our mind, a construct of faith, and we're like a stronghold, right? A stronghold was a, a fortification that would protect something. Right? If you think about knights and you think about times when they were doing a lot of battle and warfare, so that can be in the positive or the negative, right? Mm-hmm. If yes. we harbor thoughts of doubt, we're actually building something where, you know, if we're harboring thoughts of, uh, of pain, we're hurt, you know, now we don't trust that person. And then we keep on meditating on that. Guess what? We don't trust anybody that looks like that person. Until we keep on building on that, we just don't trust people in general. We have a general suspicion of people because we've built this stronghold in our life. Yes. It goes either way. We can build a stronghold of faith. We can build a stronghold of doubt. We can build a stronghold of hurt. But certain things are going to help us have an overcoming mindset, going to have a winner's mindset. Um, and other things cause us to lose in life, cause us to have setbacks. We can't afford to harbor any bit of doubt. Doubts will come, but if you begin to harbor it, that's when it becomes bad for you. Um, I think about what somebody said. They said, if you have one brick or one stone, it's not enough to build a stronghold, but you put a bunch of them together and you can build a whole building from it. And I think we forget that, you know, and and that's the importance of nipping something right in the bud, like right at the beginning. As soon as it comes, you're already laying it down saying, God, I know this is not the way that I should be thinking. Help me. Help me with my unbelief. Help me to think on your word. Whatever's good and lovely, think on these things. I'm not a person that believes in denial. You know, some people, their lens of, of, of Christianity is they will just not even acknowledge that something is wrong. You can say, hey, look, I can see your foot is broken there. No, it's not broken. I'm healed, you know. It's like, no, I can see you're struggling with something there. So I don't believe faith is living in denial. I believe that faith is an acknowledgement of a problem, but a focus on the solution. Yes, that's well said. I, I, I want to acknowledge the challenge, but I want to focus and meditate on the solution, on the word of God, on the promises of God, on the power of God, on the miraculous intention of God. So this is important, and this is what it says in Psalm 1. It says, the righteous person 
is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The righteous person is one that meditates on the word day and night. So this is my point of meditation is not the, the problem. What I'm meditating on what God said. I'm meditating on prophetic words that have been given to me. I'm meditating on the word of God. I'm meditating on the promises of God. And I'm building this, 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 this construct in my mind of faith. I'm building uh, uh, faith up. I'm, I'm building my expectation up. I'm, I'm remembering what God has done in the past. So I acknowledge the challenge, but I focus on the solution. And so I, I leave this with you to take home and pray about, and that is, what are you allowing to be constructed in your mind? What are you meditating on? What are you rolling over in your head? What's the story that you're telling yourself? Are you building a fortress of doubt or other things? Or are you building a fortress of faith? Are you building a winning mentality? As we close, let's stand together and let's pray. I thought about today and I thought there's something powerful when we stand together in faith. And there's something powerful when we come into agreement and we hold, uh, hold hands. Um, take the hand of somebody beside you. And I believe there's power in unity. The Bible says, where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. God is in the midst of us right now. And he is here specifically to give you the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to help us think like Jesus. God, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. I thank you, God, that it is your good design and good pleasure that your sons and daughters be blessed and live the life that you designed for them. God, right now, we expose every lie of the enemy, every doubt that the enemy has tried to whisper into our ears. God, I expose it for what it is. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. And God, we are re remembering your truth, the truth of your word that says no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us will, in fact, be condemned. This is our heritage as sons and daughters. God, you've called us conquerors. Matter of fact, you've called us more than conquerors yes. in Christ Jesus. As long as we are focused on Christ Jesus, as long as we're growing in Christ Jesus, as long as we're pursuing a relationship with Christ Jesus, we are in the victor's position. So God, I thank you for each and every person that's here and whatever area they may be struggling in, whatever area that they may in the future have to fight those battles. God, I thank you that you would cause them to win. You would cause them to know and have confidence that they're going to win. That you would give them confidence that your word promises that they will win. God, I thank you for replacing the doubts with faith. Letting us live lives that we pursue a growing relationship with you. A growing relationship with others that have you at the center of their life, that can help hold us accountable to having the mind of Christ, the winning attitude. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen.
thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.